0: Hello and welcome to the B Sides. What's up, guys?
1: Hi. Hey, not
2: much. Just chilling. Take a break.
0: <laughs> yeah, back and rested and ready. Uh, in case you forgot, the B Sides is a podcast for people who spend way too much emotional energy on what Harry Styles and Taylor Swift were talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. at the Grammys, which is a little preview of what we'll be talking about today. I'm Becky. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. Uh, quickly subscribe if you haven't already. We come out every other Wednesday and I promise you we do. So subscribing makes it easier to keep up. <sighs> I'm just taking a sigh of relief now that the Grammys are behind us. It was a
2: little stressful. It was. <laughs> it was a lot to process and be prepared for.
0: Yeah. And I also feel like in a pandemic too, all, all these award shows have been stressful because it's been like, oh, I spend all of my time on Zoom and then I'm going to watch celebrities like fuck up Zoom, which is <laughs> actually why I found this Grammys to be kind of refreshing because it wasn't like that.
2: Oh, my God. I felt I found it very stressful because I was watching people like not not doing great mask etiquette. And I was like, oh, my God, pull up your mask, like pull up your mask when you're talking to someone which is all I actually was thinking the first time I was watching Harry and Taylor talk, I was like, pull up your mask. But then the second time I watched it, I could just focus on how sweet they were.
1: I was kind of like the award, what you get for winning is you immediately get to rip off your mask. (laughs) Like that's the, that's the most immediate tangible uh, award from winning the award.
0: I had just figured that everyone there was vaccinated, but they didn't want to tell us because they all had gotten it, like paid a lot of money. For the Mm -hmm. vaccine in some non-ethical way
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think so too um which leads
0: into what we're going to be talking about today not vaccine etiquette but the grammys uh what's going on who was snubbed what we thought what the history and context and then we're going to give you our own special small little b-sides grammys You voted our dear B-Sides Instagram friends, and we're ready to announce the winners. Some of them, honestly, a little shocking. Mm -hmm. So grab your drink of choice, get your gown or your suit, whatever the campiest thing that you own, and let's talk Grammys. We are talking about this on Monday at 6 p.m. So we've had a full 24 hours to sort of like gel, let it soak in. Um, Did you guys watch? And if so, what were your thoughts, surprises? no feelings. Hannah, what'd you think?
2: I did watch, um, and Becky and I live tweeted from the B-sides pod, uh, all night. So that's a shout out to our Twitter, um, which is a really underrated, uh, B-sides social media platform actually is our Twitter. Um, I was really nervous about it and I was really ready to hate it and I didn't hate it. And I was really entertained. Um, there were some parts that were still frustrating. And that's why I'm glad that, we get to talk about it the the parts that were frustrating I think that the first thing I just want to say is that it was really Megan The Stallion's night um I think that she her wins were really beautiful in terms of like the the categories she won and we can talk about the um the Billie Eilish win at the end of the night that that was really interesting and there's a lot to unpack there but more importantly even than that I thought her performances were amazing I was like That is an entertainer. And especially having gone after Dua Lipa and doing a vibe for um, Savage that was a little similar actually to the vibe that Dua, I think was going for. I love Dua Lipa like so much. And the B-sides as like a community has loved Dua Lipa since 2017. But I was like Megan executed what Dua Lipa I think thought she was executing in some ways or just it was just more entertaining it was just really 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 entertaining so I was really excited about Megan Thee Stallion's night
0: yeah after watching that Dua Lipa performance I was like do I want to see Dua live in concert <laughs> which I hated thinking but uh, maybe Yesterday she was at having this her.
2: time you were really excited about her you wanted her to win I'm, like everything
0: I'm still really happy for her I just am more like is she if I'm going to be paying I would assume $150 to $200 to see her at Barclay center for nosebleed seats. I'm like, I want a
1: performance. Yeah. There were so many memes that came out of that performance. And every single one of them was like me when I get the vaccine me (laughs) summer 2021. I was like, you're all making the same joke and you all know it, but that's fine. Spark joy. Um, Yeah. I thought it was great. Great performance.
2: Yeah. I feel like she, uh, wait, are you talking about Megan or talking about Dua? Both. Yeah. I, yeah it yeah. was singular
1: there, but but um they both were in different right. ways, but related ways. Can we talk about Taylor's performance, which I loved? Yes. I loved it. <laughs> it was a great medley. It was a it was like it was like we handpicked the medley almost.
2: Oh my god. Did
0: we? I did I did text Hannah ahead of time that I thought that she was gonna throw fearless in there because she was re-recording. So I, I psyched myself up for that and she didn't include it. But that's okay. It was still great.
2: I saw someone with a take being like, um, I think it was like too overdone for what folklore and evermore were and that they wished it had been like more of like a, uh, more of a similar vibe to the Betty performance at the ACM, ACMs, ACM. Yeah you know, for those listening, you can't see the face Becky just made, but it was a face of absolutely not. And I completely agree. Like, no, this is the Grammys. Like, let's do this. These are great songs. They actually are pretty big songs compared to the rest of these two albums, not compared to out of the woods from the 2016 Grammys. But I thought it was absolutely. I thought it was awesome that she made them as big as they could be.
0: Yeah. And if you know Taylor, you know, she loves little dollhouse rooms. (laughs) <laughs> yes.
2: that's like her that's her stick like so when the lights spinning. are on two white men are playing music in them when, they, when the lights come on
0: yeah poor Aaron Dresner had been in there like the whole recording <laughs> Jack was weird Becky I'm sorry I know you love why him why are you saying me I he thought I don't it was see- so weird but I thought the memes that came out of it have been so worth it have you seen the one where he's carrying the little camera around yes and he's just like taking photos at random things.
1: He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. He's such a weird guy. I like blocked out. I appreciated <laughs> the memes later, but I was like, I can't do this right now. So I kind of like blocked him out of my peripheral vision. <laughs> yeah, That's
0: I will be attending a
2: bleachers tour as soon as uh, we can. We can absolutely again. That'll be yeah. a great night. Um, something in general that I really was feeling. And this is just pandemic era times is like, I thought the performers did a really great job. I have complicated feelings about the fact that it's so performance heavy, as opposed to show us the goddamn awards that are being awarded. Like, I really want to see them. But at the same time, I was entertained like all night. So that that was surprising because going into it, I was like, this is too many performances. I want the awards. And by the end of the night, I was like, oh, I kind of like loved a lot of those. Um, But I will say it was really awkward how little applause they got after everyone. Like it was really weird. And it was especially weird to have Trevor Noah come out. Like it was, I did not like that. And if only just, it kind of suddenly like minimized their performers. Their performances felt so big and so successful. And then Trevor Noah walking onto the bed after WAP, I was like, you are undercutting their performance. Like, or talking about Post Malone's face tattoo. And I was like, you just ruined the moment so much. I like talking about his face tattoo
1: at inopportune times. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's probably like so much planning that went into this in particular that like when there's something that you have to plan so much for, it's e- I feel like it's easy to at the last minute be like, oh, or while it's happening, be like, right, we forgot like what to do about this. And like the applause and the afterwards of every performance was that um, at the same time, I was I, I remember the first time I had this thought of like, wow, the Grammys are really performance heavy. And I like to come to award shows like in large part to see the awards and the awkwardness and all that. Um, and that was in 2015, which I remember was like it to me, it was like a really kind of conservative and buttoned up. Grammys Um, listeners like pull up a tab see what was going on there and maybe you'll understand or see like some of the looks from that night but it just like I was like this isn't that good and there are a million performances and they're not entertaining in the same way that I found these to be or a lot of other years and I think that that is I mean I think we we just don't get that at like that many other award shows because you can't really do that with you know TV and movies and things
2: like that. So, it's a special yeah, sure. music thing. Could you jog our that. memories like what were a few th- moments from 2015 because I don't even remember.
1: So
0: Not the Macklemore one... year?
2: Oh.
1: No. Um that was let's see. By the Grace of God by Katy Perry. <laughs> that was actually a really good performance. But um that was the year of so like Sam Smith won big that year and um the one performance that really sticks out, though, is Rihanna, Kanye, and Paul McCartney.
2: Yes. Four
1: or five yes. seconds. A song that I love, but I thought the performance was really flat, and their outfits are also part of what I'm talking about when I say it was very buttoned up and conservative. And I was just like, this is weird. Um, I would give anything to see Rihanna perform now, obviously, but... Yeah. So that was weird. But what I what I did really like about this. One, um, which we can thank the unusual circumstances for, is that like there weren't many weird, like gimmicky collabs that fall flat. And and there weren't even that many. There weren't really covers aside from maybe like an in-memoria moment. Um, So everyone was just like doing their own music. And I thought that was really cool. And I really actually enjoyed that. It was pretty performance heavy, despite the odd transitions and stuff.
0: Yeah. I think also in this year too, at least for me, we're so starved for like live performances. And the only other live performances that we'd seen prior are those like stupid Zoom live performances. I'm even thinking like the DNC and like when Joe Biden won and they like, helicoptered people in from like different points of the city different different cities to like what is it Bon Jovi it was like performing on that Miami roof you know like weird stuff and it was like kind of nice I was like having a jolt of excitement I was like oh man like here's like people on the same stage or like close enough by that like it was semi normal that maybe if those performances had been before the pandemic I would be less excited about them
1: for sure 100 percent. just like seeing people like observing other people observing live music yeah i mean like that's what i want i want what yeah. they have
0: like i want po- i want to be post malone just like nodding my head vigorously to like every performance literally post malone was like i'm just happy to be invited like that's like the vibes that he gave me he was like i'm just happy that someone thought of me just happy to be here
2: for sure Any other thoughts, Hannah? Can we talk about how amazing Mickey Guyton is? Yeah. I like the, her voice is amazing. That song is amazing. And a take that was not important last night, but now that we are processing, I can, I feel okay to say is that also her dress was amazing. (laughs) It's like, that's not the most important thing that's happening right now, but she is a vision. Like she was beautiful. And Um, You know, she lost the category that um, she, the really historic category that she like was nominated for. So, you know, Grammys are trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too by being like, look how connected we are. And then, yeah, she didn't win, which is, I I don't know a lot about that category. I don't know about the person who won even. So, I
0: mean, she made history. She was the first black woman ever nominated for that award for, the I think it's best country artist or best song
2: um that's amazing yeah and I thought it was a beautiful song and um you know the 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 race the racism um conversation that the Grammys are having publicly and of course privately is really interesting to watch to watch their decisions in real time you know like the decisions around that performance which I feel like was important and beautiful and um you know there's a lot there was a lot of people with a lot of complicated emotions about uh, the performance that came later that showed a black man being shot by the police uh, you know a visual that we we saw a lot of in the last year that in some ways is is very traumatizing for many people and um you know it seems like there's still a, a debate out there about whether or not the re-traumatization of seeing those kinds of images is awakening anyone enough to be worth it so like all of that but um the piece that i want to uh, shed a little light on or share my opinion about is that I absolutely hated when the head of the Grammys talked to us and was like work with us not against us which is like you know rude to the weekend rude to the children's um, the, the children's album nominations which uh, Becky you'll take us through later Um, but just in general it was really interesting that they chose to center themselves and I understand why they felt it was important because they're making decisions, and they feel at the center of this. But it was, um, at best, boring, and at worst, offensive. In my opinion,
1: they were like, "Give us money." What, we, what we have? What you don't understand
2: is, give us money. Continue to support. We are prestigious. And I had like almost forgotten that I was annoyed at them at that point, and then they said that, and I was like, "Oh right, I think that you're bad." <laughs> you're yeah. right.
0: It almost seemed like heavy-handed, like, virtue signaling, too, with, like, a lot of performances. I, I think, like, I thought that – um, and the shout-out to, to Biden was important and necessary. Yes. But one of, the, one of the takes that I also did see was, like, sure, Grammys, you're doing this, but you're choosing not to air any of the rap categories or winners, which are mostly black and brown people. And I did think, too, like, they chose to showcase country, which is a signal – to the broader like white part of america that loves country music and i think that mickey is great and the song black like me is excellent and a very important message but it also is like country which is so historically to pander to like white america
2: yep yep there's i i know that we actually do a crossover with this with reality tv show more than we mean to sometimes and i think i'm just really thinking about the bachelor a lot these days as as the three of us are but there's a lot i think in common with the way that the grammys has been handling things over the last few months Mm -hmm. and what's going on with the bachelor only because what you're seeing is that the people who are in damage control mode are not actually the the people equipped mentally emotionally like logistically to make big changes so they are doing easy things for them I'm not saying anything is easy easy but it is relatively easy for them to give spots to black performers on the list of things that are easy right and then they're not right and they're not doing these other things they're not showing the rap category winners and they're and you know black people a black artist hasn't won some of the major awards in in many many years and You know, you're just watching in real time decision makers um, think that minor changes constitute the structural changes that their that their viewers are asking for. And it's that's not true. Yeah. They
0: like to give themselves a pat on the back, I'm sure, for having done. And they have Trevor Noah, who is black, do the host it, too.
1: Yeah. They're making changes that they're misreading the room. I don't know how well intentioned it is. And they are continuously exploiting people um and to a degree stereotypes just like the bachelor is especially recently so yeah the bachelor is a whole nother
0: uh a whole nother can of worms but it does speak to like institutionalized power who like think they can put a band-aid on larger issues and i think kind of hope that people will forget and they won't be held accountable down the road, which I don't think is true. But we watched the grandmies. We gave them numbers, we gave them ratings, which you know, yeah, it, it's the same way I feel about The Bachelor. It's kind of like if you wanna if you want to make change a good way you can do it is by not engaging and not watching, because that's what they rely on. That sends a message. But then there's other ways too by watching and critiquing and you know making your points heard so Grammys if you're listening please take
1: into account for sure and I think um like along on on the same vein kind of I was thinking about the in memoriam which some award shows do and others don't air directly um and I thought that it was like really beautiful in a lot of ways but that it also Had its issues and was also reflective of the problems that we're talking about, the problems with the Grammys more broadly. And so, like, I want to say up front, like, I love John Prine, and like, why not acknowledge Kenny Rogers? Like, God bless. Um, And I think with any in memoriam, there are going to be people who are like, there's no way to there's no way to please everyone. That's just math. But I felt like a lot of people of color were not represented especially young people and like as the most major example I was kind of like I thought this I thought this was kind of unique where they did these mini performances throughout there were like four or five songs it was like a really long segment actually um and there was no I think we could have used you know a hip-hop cover of some sort and like a standalone honor for um you know, like there are so many rappers that we lost over the last year, and I think um, I think while we're talking about some of the performances and some of the awards and some of the, you know, like the hosting as well, Trevor Noah um, is a, was a very calculated way to appease people who care about racial justice, but that also matters when we're talking about like the legacies of who gets commemorated for you know like a lifetime of service to the industry and I don't know I and I also think that they didn't used to have these like very live visible performances and I thought the performances were amazing but I also just thought like it's been done better in other places and I just go back to hers nothing compares to you Prince cover segment from the Emmys last year last year which was incredible but it's also easier to do something like this for the Emmys because you don't most of those people aren't like primarily musicians so it's it's just like a different way of expressing and and honoring the art but I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about that but that was like one of my main takeaways aside from like this is really beautiful it was also like I I think this I think we could have made a little more space here
2: absolutely I think that they clearly took seriously grief and that's smart of them And again, it just shows you who are the decision makers. Like you, you can look at any piece of culture and, and and see who the decision makers are behind it. And it seems like, you know, they might have asked for like consultants here and there to flesh out some parts of their program, but they didn't, but they didn't think to bring that same lens to say like, who, who are people collectively mourning this year when it comes to music in our, in our culture. You know, there are a lot of people who are very upset that Naya wasn't um shown or honored. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. She's she's
1: Grammy nominated.
2: She is? Was Glee yeah. nominated?
1: With the with the Glee cast, which yeah, is yeah, like, that's
2: cool. Yeah, no, then I had
0: <laughs> Leah Michelle singing her uh singing oh the God. song. Naya
1: would... <laughs> come back from the grave her (laughs) yeah (laughs) I won't even get into it but uh yeah that that would have yeah that's a that's a good point as well and she was she was like she was definitely honored up front at the Emmys I remember that she and Regis Philbin and Chadwick Boseman, the big three yeah. uh, of the Emmys last year. But yeah, no, that that makes sense as well. That, and I'm sure there are many people that like aren't even on my radar the way that she was, or some of some of the um, rappers, or like the like um, Malik B from The Roots, and um, I'm sure there are so many others that you know other people are are upset about. So.
0: Anyway, I think that's actually a really good segue into talking about the history of the Grammys and seeing decision makers and what they've done through the year. Uh, One thing I I learned while doing this research is a lot of times uh, Black artists, the only time they ever won, quote unquote, won a Grammy was when they won a Lifetime Achievement Award. They never actually got anything throughout their entire career, but it wasn't until they got... A lifetime achievement award was when they got their Grammy, which I noticed too. And they gave a lot of Black people lifetime achievement awards last night too. Uh, After the break, we'll get into the history and then we will host our own Grammys, which are also biased because we wrote the questions. Uh,
2: Okay, break. And we're back. So we just processed a lot of what happened last night, but let's go, let's go through some more context to make sense of what happened at the Grammys 2020 in 2021. So the Grammys have quite a storied history. Um, we learned through preparing for this episode, thanks to Becky's research. The first Grammys were hosted in 1959, and since then, honestly, very little appears to have changed about the structure and the decision-making processes. So yes, they did cut some categories, like for example, there's no longer Best Rap Solo and Best Rap Duo, they're consolidated, but the winners and those who vote for them are still uh, pretty much white and mostly all men, it seems.
0: Yeah, and when I went digging on previous Grammys to sort of see how we got here, I came across the work of John Villanova, who's a professor of journalism, communications, and Africana studies at Lehigh University, and he has done some scholarly research on the Grammys, despite being a big fan, which is awesome, and is writing a book, uh, which I cannot wait to read, um, that found that Black artists get shut out of the Grammys completely for That not all Black artists get shut out of the Grammys completely. Kendrick Lamar, for example, has won 13, but the top honors historically elude them. I don't, this may not be news for a lot of our listeners who especially have been paying attention to Beyonce, who has now won the most awards out of any female artist in Grammy history, but the top ones do elude her. So Black artists regularly win categories that are considered Black music, like rap or R&B, but do less well in the general field, the album of the year, the record of the year, song of the year, and the best new artist.
1: Yeah, Becky, thank you for um, introducing us to John Villanova, because he also said he focuses on anti-blackness, and he found that legends like Little Richard, Sam Cooke, George Clinton, and the Four Tops all won their first Grammys for Lifetime Achievement. Ray Charles didn't even win in the big categories until 2005 with his final posthumous album. So that flies into the face of what I was literally just saying about In Memoriam and like people not getting honored. He was like, he had to die to get honored, which is so upsetting. Yeah. And then um, Aretha Franklin, who won 18 Grammys, never was nominated for the top four. And I think was the first woman in the, um, um, inaugurated into the rock and roll hall of fame. I mean, she deserves it. She literally should have won for
2: all those top ones too. Yeah. hundred percent. Totally. Um, so what's going on currently? So interestingly, um, up until, you know, the Grammys of Sunday night, it wasn't only about who was the conversation. Wasn't only about who was nominated, but really the conversation that at least I saw on, on my Twitter was around who was left out. So The Weeknd, known for his massive hits like Blinding Lights, which got us through the pandemic, um, was was left out. So to the Grammy nominations committee, there was nothing for The Weeknd at all. And what that makes you have to think about is you need to talk about and think about who makes these decisions, right? Or at least what we know about them. The Grammy selection process is a little vague. According to The New York Times, anonymous expert committees are formed. But who makes them up remains confidential and we don't even know what they are supposedly experts in it's not even like only they're experts in music they're just quote-unquote experts they review initial nomination choices by the thousands of music professionals who make up the voting membership of the recording academy which is the nonprofit group behind the awards and for 61 of the grammys 84 categories they have the final say about who makes the cut And then to the Grammy leadership, the committees are a check and balance step to preserve the integrity of the awards. But to suspicious artists, they are unaccountable star chambers that can subvert the will of the voters. For sure. So, you know, for
1: contemporary artists like The Weeknd and hundreds of others, um, many of whom are probably lesser known, but, you know, quite as talented as, as some of the people um, that win these awards. The process is unfair, and it leaves artists in the dark. And, you know, if Black artists' music is never even proposed, what shot do they have of even reaching the nomination stage? So, you know, there's ingrained racism in these nominations, as we've been talking about, and who we consider makes quote-unquote good music um, is is skewed by whatever, by by race. And You know, that is the case whether we want to admit it or not, or whether with our, you know, varying degrees of privilege we even recognize it or not. So um, Becky, Becky reminded us that Adele accidentally broke her Grammy in 2017. And it was just like, if that were Kendrick or Kanye, like what would be the media cycle around that? What would be the reaction to that? But I mean, it was like cute because it was Adele. And it was you know, an accident, which so Becky, thank you for reminding us about that. And this was like the Grammy when she was um, dedicating it to Beyonce. And we'll talk about that theme more in a bit. But there was like this untrue conspiracy theory that she split it in half to share it with Beyonce. But then like really afterwards, she just like went backstage and traded it for a new one. That wasn't a real thing, but it's a nice thought. That'd be pretty metal if she was like, (laughs) she just like smashed it. Um, but along, along these lines of like, who gets, uh, you know, these most meaningful awards and who gets snubbed, I was looking into the origins of urban, the urban contemporary category, because there's been a lot of talk about that. And like, sometimes it really does sound like throwing semi-random words together, or at least like, you don't just hear it and know exactly what it means. But it came up in the early 2010s for music that was between and not to be siloed into either pop or R&B. Um, so you can think of like Frank Ocean, who first won that album category in 2013, or Beyonce's Drunk in Love. It's like it's not a pop song in the way that a Katy Perry pop song exists, um, but it's also like incredibly popular. And it has r roots. So some artists see, see that category and the word urban as a code for Black. Others don't. Some see it as a code for like music the Academy doesn't like. Like, <laughs> like that music goes in here. Um, and others see it as a necessary category correction for music that has R&B roots, but also elements of pop. And it's certainly popular. Um, so yeah those, you know, the four, the four main categories still hold the most weight and black artists continue to get slighted time and time again. But I thought it it was interesting to me to learn more about like why that category exists and what it means.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Um, And totally, I think like pointed and choose and those words are chosen for a reason uh, too. So back to the weekend uh, that he has stated that he'll no longer participate in the Grammys forever. And even three of the five Grammys 2021 nominations for the best children's music album have requested to be removed from consideration in the category due to the lack of diversity. So it has me thinking, like, where does this leave us in the future of the Grammys? I think it's a tough road ahead. Uh, the Grammys and honestly, almost every other award show I have in mind, like the Oscars and the Emmys, have always been out of touch with what viewers and listeners really like and crave. I honestly kind of think the Emmys of all of these is like the most in touch and maybe it's the most low stakes. And I think this has to do, at least, is they always pick what makes the money over like real raw talent and whatever is going to get them the most views and the most, I think, positive press. But I, I am a sucker for like the glitz and glams that award shows bring. The Grammys are especially campy. Like Dua Lipa's outfit last night was wild. And I love to see like my friends all dressed up and interacting with each other. Like we got a Harry and Taylor thing. Like where else did we get that? And like we didn't really, we had a red carpet sort of last night, but we didn't. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I don't really think war shows really have purpose, but they're fun. And I'm kind of grapple with like those two feelings in my head. I don't know. Mimi, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I I love award shows for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. I think that's spot on. And also like the dilemma of knowing that they're bad in a lot of ways, but they're, they're simply so entertaining and they only come around so often, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think we'll have to see if this latest criticism of the Grammys, which feels like to me more widespread than ever is a flash in the pan or if they will really change course um but i do feel like there was a long period of time where the idea of ec- like anonymous expert committees was like yes this is credible this is correct and that that's it's not the moment it's not the moment anymore um so yeah that's how I feel about that. And I also think like one thing that I love about award shows is that they are time capsules for particular years. And I find that fascinating in the moment and then like in retrospect years later. And so I have like a rhetorical question that we kind of all, I think us and like the think pieces and like everything that comes out has been kind of like circling around, which is like, what is the point? Like and what should the point be? Like, do we and the world want the Grammys and other award shows to serve as time capsules of that particular year? Or do we want it to honor what art we think will have the most staying power in some ways or age the best, which like you obviously can't always tell? Um and I don't think those are mutually exclusive, but they often also can be. And so that's just something I'm I'm grappling with as well.
2: I absolutely agree. I think there's so much to, to be figuring out now and I'm happy that I'm not an artist and I'm not on the Grammy nominated committee. I don't have to be the one to decide this, but I think something really interesting that, um, I'm really excited about. I am excited that the weekend said, I am never submitting this again. And I'm excited that the children's album nominees said, you know, there was actually a beautiful part of their statement where they were like, our whole goal is to like, reflect a beautiful world to children. And if this doesn't do that, then like, that's not what we're here for. Um, And I think that that that's really exciting and, and makes you think a lot about where, what the future of awards shows has, because first of all, we've learned this year that words need to be followed up by action. I really think people are understanding that very viscerally this year. This is not the first year that artists have criticized a snub. Drake especially comes to mind as someone who's been really vocal about like the political nature of a snub, but the weekend, this is a pretty exciting and historic move. Um, So we learned that actions need to be backed up by words. And we learned that we can have imagination about, about just not accepting things the way they are just because they've always been there. So, I mean, another non-music example, you know, we as a society are having real conversations with in some cases, not enough with some cases, um, policy change about defunding the police, about abolition, like these very big um, topics that many people have been pushing for many years. And not that that will happen, but even, or another example is like, this is definitely not going to happen anytime soon, but even seeing people on Twitter talking about abolishing the monarchy in the wake of like Meghan and Harry's uh, conversation, I think that shows that people have this appetite for thinking about huge changes right now. And I bring that up in regards to the Grammys, because, you know, I think in a lot of ways, the Grammys do a really good job in many ways at failing on both of their two goals. Kind of what Mimi just said. Like, I feel like if their goals are either to honor the best and to honor the times in so many ways, they fail at both of those. So part of me wants to say who needs them. Like we have so many others and we can, we can build something new. And then another part of me recognizes that having an award that is seen as like the ultimate, the best, this is the place for Tamika Mallory to talk to pres- directly to President Biden <laughs> at an awards show, right? Like that happens at the Grammys, not the AMAs. I actually think having this like the highest echelon of an awards show in any field is really a critical part of the functioning of pop culture in many ways. So uh, it's hard for me to want it to go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I think those are really good points. And I, I do think we are at a time where, where we as viewers and consumers are having actual change on the content that we see that we took for granted for so long. I mean, again, I'm thinking about The Bachelor because it is a lot of what I consume, but there is a lot of things changing there. And that wouldn't happen if it it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have people pushing and like withholding what they like withholding, I want to say currency, but it is your currency of like making noise about something that you consume or changing the way that you consume something to actually have it reflect what you want to see. One thing that I did think with that was interesting um, from last night, and it goes into this conversation about race, is when Billie Eilish accepted her record of the year award, which I honestly thought was random that she A won that award. I think she obviously thought it was random, but her defense was to be like, oh, this award like should have gone to Megan Z stallion. Like not me, like Megan, like I think of you constantly. Um, and as Mimi pointed out and I'll let her talk about it. Like this is like characteristic of a lot of white performers to like qualify their win by being like, no, a black person should have won this.
1: Uh, but haha, here's my Grammy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was cringy and I feel like, she seemed, she seemed surprised and, frankly, a little scared um, because she knows that the internet was waiting for her uh, on the other side of that speech. And, you know, I think what we're talking about with this, like, anonymous group of committee experts, um, they, you know, when an artist wins or loses, it depending on the stakes, it can become incredibly awkward. And now, you know, like, you have the stands with, sort of like more direct access uh, than ever to these artists just antagonizing the winner if it's not the person that they wanted to win and it's like yeah Billie Eilish could have handled that better it's not her fault she's not to blame for the fact that the person who should have won did not Um, but it's like easier to just blame a person and the person accepting the award than it is like an ambiguous academy or um a system that's hard to think of really clearly in your mind and yeah this has happened a lot so uh earlier the last decade like macklemore won instead of kendrick kendrick lamar which like obviously should not have happened adele won over beyonce when she put out when beyonce put out lemonade which like obviously should not have happened and you know it's like the apology speech or the apology text and now we have Billie Eilish and Megan the Stallion um and I think she probably could have said something different if she wanted to still say that she could have been like she didn't have to be like I think of you constantly she could have been like <laughs> it was kind like- have kept it short because it's it's aw- It seems, like, incredibly awkward the entire time for the person who lost, and then they have to do the emotional labor of, like, oh, like, you're sweet, like, thank you, you know, like, it's, they have to, like, keep that smile on their face the whole time, so she could have just been, like, I think this should have gone to you, like, I love you, I respect you so much, I'm the only person here who wasn't alive during 9-11, like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> and just keep it at that you know what i mean like yeah and if she um, really i
0: think wanted to make a statement about race and the grammy she could have been like look it's fucked like we don't know who picks these like the winners of these awards like i don't know she I, she could yeah. have made a more of a grand statement i don't know i have mixed feelings about billy she always seems like she doesn't want to be there
2: oh i love her and i feel like <laughs> i feel, i feel i have such a different take like i didn't think it was cringy at all I just like really think that she is a 19 year old with a lot of pain and like a lot to process. And she just like, she's so, she knows that the internet's going to come for her. And I actually bet she does think about Megan Thee Stallion a lot, <laughs> you know, like the two of them are like the top of the charts and they could not be more different. So I bet she actually really does think about her. That's I still, even, I think the thing she was, yeah. sorry, I wasn't saying she was lying. I was just saying like, she
1: didn't necessarily yeah. need to say that. Yeah, on yeah, I agree with television. Amy. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was just just not articulate at 19. So I'm like, oh, you're saying that she's also not articulate. I'm saying that she's that I'm really impressed in many ways. I think that, um, she's very, very talented and deserves to be honored in many of the highest ways, even if not this one. Um, yeah, I, I am ready for the next white person who does this to actually like get off stage or like not pick up the Grammy or like say, um like thank you to the Academy for voting for me, but I think you did it wrong. And here's why. And I want it like exactly what you were saying, Becky, like being very explicit. I'm kind of ready for the next version of this to be a little bit more like leveled up. Absolutely. But it's very funny that it's like a thing now. It is a thing. This like guilt.
0: Not- it's yeah. a powerful thing. Like yeah.
2: Guilt is a very powerful, destructive thing in many and ways. I,
1: and I do think she's very talented and she strikes me as an old soul, like for sure. And I love that about her. Um, and she's probably under her own pressure after winning so big last year for her first album and like not having a sophomore album yet. Um, so there, there is all of that. She's fully 19 and that's fine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The other, the other thing I was just going to mention, which is like a slight tangent is that, um, I've heard a lot of people who I think in general have takes, that are closer, that are close to ours, um, or not takes, but just like perspectives on the Grammys more broadly, um, that are similar to ours who also fall into the trap, um, because of the, like anonymous Academy where they just start like blaming other people. So for instance, like I've heard people talk about how, um, the last, so the last time a black artist, I think one album of the year was 2008. And, Kanye West's um, graduation album which is an incredible album was nominated and lost to Herbie Hancock's album River the Joni letters which is the Joni Mitchell <laughs> tribute album which is like sort of iconic sort of weird um, but I- I'm here for it but then I, he- I heard people being like Herbie Hancock over Kanye West's graduation album and it's like okay like I get it but I we don't Like, we don't need to be, like, pinning these two, especially at the time, like, incredible Black artists against each other. Again, like, why, they're, like, the only time it, it happens, and it's Herbie Hancock, and it's, like, first of all, he's legendary, second of all, like, it should happen in more years, and it's not either of their fault that it doesn't happen, so that's the end of, that's the end of that rant. It's a good rant.
0: I would listen to it all day. Thank you. But unfortunately, we do not have all day. So what we do have, though, is
1: our own Grammys. The crowd goes wild. The sweeping orchestral music begins and ends. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's what I'm going to do for the nominations. Um, I'm going to exempt and mute you guys when it's time to stop talking. So we put together our own Grammys uh, because as we've talked about, we don't necessarily think that the Grammys are the most representative of pop music and music in general. So we put together some little fun categories and we asked you guys on Instagram to vote and we got so many great uh, and excited responses. So we're so excited to share them.
1: For sure. And I think like kind of the gist of this um, is that, you know, we covered a lot of music themes of 2020 in our retrospective episode in January. Um, But, you know, in preparing for this episode, like Becky's saying, like we obviously had to think a lot about 2020 again. And, um, you know, there's a lot of music that we're lucky to have that we wouldn't, that wouldn't have existed without quarantine, like Folklore or Evermore um, or uh, Charlie XCX's experimental album. And there are just a lot of like, like thematic categories to hit on for this very unforgettable and perhaps unforgivable year. Um, And so like Becky said, we kind of um, decided to, to do that. And thank you, Becky, for, you know, getting after everyone on Instagram for this. You guys were awesome. Okay, guys, drum
0: roll. Let's get ready. First question is favorite annoying white man, which we know is a topic near and dear to my heart uh nominations are love is that how you say his name love yes. i want to call him love know, it's
2: love you're right yes
0: jack antonoff sean mendez and post malone and honestly after having watched the grammys post malone is not annoying and he received the lowest amount of votes which is correct um and the winner is and i think we can all predict this because it was overwhelming. Drum roll, please. Jack Antonoff, who proved to be his annoying self last night carrying around a digital camera.
1: He was so annoying. You know, he seems to know who he is and what role he fills. And for that, we have to respect. And he has been making fun of himself on Twitter all
0: day. So I do respect him for that.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So our next category is favorite song to scream at the top of your lungs when you're stuck inside your apartment and the options were rain on me lady gaga and ariana grande i love me demi lovato driver's license by olivia rodrigo and midnight sky by miley cyrus all amazing uh contestants for this but the winner of course late in the game was driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo, the song that that took us all by storm. Another teen, another old soul teen, just really coming in. Best and, new artist, twenty twenty one, definitely calling it right now. Yeah. Yeah. But did she miss the nomination process?
0: Was it too late? She must have.
2: She must have. But they also are always a year too late. Like Get Phoebe behind. Bridgers being nominated for best new artist, and she was like, "Hi, I've like been around here for a really long time."
1: Yeah. yeah. And like Adele's <laughs> album in. Um, in the 2017 Grammys came out in like late 2015 sec kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Becky, who it was, you said it was close. Who, who was it close to?
0: Oh, rain on me. Oh, okay. Great. Love that. I cannot wait to be in a club and for rain on me to come on and Ugh. to be like, you getting like a drink or something. And you're like, I gotta go. I gotta go dance. Yeah. And you just make it to the dance floor. When you hear those first, like, you know,
2: or Becky, maybe like you can do the Lady Gaga parts and I can do the Ariana Grande parts. We yeah, that leave. sounds good. OK, great. I'm excited. I didn't ask for a free man. Oh, so good. Um, OK, so that's our favorite song to scream in our apartments. This is our favorite song to pace to. And now pacing in our apartments was another big activity of the last year. And the nominees are Willow by Taylor Swift, Gasoline by Haim, Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers and Don't Make It Harder on Me by Chloe and Hallie. And the winner is Willow. We love to pace to Willow. Um,
0: Shout out to Heim last night. I was really proud of them on their Grammys. We didn't talk about them, but they just seemed, again, other group happy to be there. And I saw a funny tweet that was like, do you think John Mayer group texts all three Heim
1: sisters to ask who's down? I do. (laughs) I wouldn't have thought of that, but absolutely. I know. Yeah. But congrats to them and congrats to Willow, which just has an acoustic guitar that is so insistent, you know, great to pace to. Yes. And opposite of
0: pacing, we have Best Dance Party for One, uh, where we have Happiness by Little Mix. Little Mix, another group that got snubbed at the Grammys. Uh, They didn't even get to perform. Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, WAP by Cardi B and Megan Z Stallion, and How You Like That by Blackpink, another group that got stabbed at the Grammys. The winner was Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. We, like the Grammys, have the pulse on the good pop songs. Congrats to Dua. She won last night, and it was very deserved, and I'm really happy for her. And she won here, and so I'm also really happy for her.
2: Amazing. Okay, next category I think is really important. Um, Anna, it's not your turn. Oh my god! I'm so <laughs> but sorry. you
0: can go if you want to take this one. Maybe you can do the next one. <laughs> Whatever you want. But you were excited about it, but You
1: seem very excited about it. Go ahead. Hannah, you should do it. It's okay. <laughs> should right. I do it? I guess I'll. You you? You? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess I'll go. Okay. So, you know, Dua Lipa was not underrated. I would say I think she was she was properly rated and awarded for this moment. Um, but our next category is underrated song or moment that deserved more, frankly, from the year 2020 and perhaps from the Grammys. So, number one, Kesha's album High Road, um, Lady Gaga's album Chromatica, Justin Bieber's album Changes, and. Carly Rae Jepsen's album Dedicated Side B, and you know this isn't really an obvious win necessarily, but maybe it is if we think if we think hard about it, because the winner is Carly Rae Jepsen Dedicated Side B, um, you know, which is a fantastic album and another yeah, one
0: yeah, that I'm going to let you finish. But Cash's album was the most underrated song and moment that deserved more.
1: I walked into that, yeah. I walked right into that um yeah no that's completely fair it did deserve more what what if Taylor Swift did that what if she was just like yeah that's completely fair like just rescinded that anyway um 2009 culture it's back um so yeah I mean all of I think we can say all of these albums except perhaps Justin Bieber's uh deserve more and um you know, I have my personal favorite and my personal favorite one, so obviously I'm biased. But, you know, I think this was a close call as well.
0: Can I just also say something fucked up about the Grammys? The fact that Yummy was nominated for a Grammy. I that should be enough for the Grammys to want to restructure themselves.
1: And also a hundred percent. And also the fact that like, which I forgot about, um, but Justin Bieber was telling people to stream it in all these like bizarre ways so that it would get you know millions and millions and millions of plays I think he like knew it wasn't that good but he was basically encouraging the kind of behavior that fans and stans will usually just like do on their own that like weird like really next level behavior he was like encouraging that which is kind of embarrassing I'm like I'm over him
2: I hate to well, say you know, it. He, he was really angry that he was um, nominated for the pop category. Do you remember this? He was like really angry about it. And he came out with the whole statement being like, I submitted this as an R&B album. And like, it was actually kind of interesting. He was like, because of like the racialized way that the Grammys mm-hmm. do their work, they're like pop is white and R&B is black. And like, he was like, this was an R&B album. I'm like, okay, Justin, I understand. I actually think his I point I get his point. Thing. Yeah. Um,
1: this was an like, urban- an Contemporary
0: <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, I no. being like Usher. Like, do you know my dad, Usher, the vendor of Tozer Trudel? He would tell you this is an R and B album.
1: He's like, he's like Usher and Justin Timberlake both wanted to mentor me, and I chose Usher. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has a new album coming out this month, so we will see what that is like. But I, I, think, I think we need be. to. Uh, yeah,
0: he's also like. I mean, he was also hella Christian, but now he's like. I feel like
2: super connected to god these days true happy for him if that is bringing him joy um okay yeah i'm happy for carly ray to win that category but i would have been happy with with high road or chromatica all moments that the pan all, all albums of the pandemic really yeah overshadowed okay our next category is the most poignant political message the one that made us feel our feelings and feel the desire to take action the most great nominees in this category, which include Dua Lipa, Boys Will Be Boys, Her, I Can't Breathe, Tiana Taylor, Still, and Beyonce, Black Parade. And because our audience is so similar to the Grammy nomination committee, I guess the winner is Her. Yay. I love all of these songs. Um, if you haven't seen Dua Lipa perform Boys Will Be Boys at, what was it? Billboard? A few months ago? Whatever that was. Oh, very beautiful. That's and an I option did. that wasn't there, but also inspired me to
0: take control of my life was Positions by Ariana Grande. The political pointy of message. Okay. okay. More, more on that later. So next is the best song that you're wondering if the people in the song got a COVID test before hanging out which was a question we also had last night watching the Grammys Uh, 34 plus 39 by Ariana Grande, which was not Ari, as an aside, was not nominated positions was nominated at all for the Grammys. I wonder how she felt about that. Uh, WAP by Megan and Cardi, who we're on first name basis with kin folks by Sam Hunt young and alive by Bozzy. And the winner is, was overwhelming for WAP. You don't think they got COVID tests before.
2: Is Kinfolk Mimi the one that, like, really stressed you out? Am I remembering that correctly? No, no.
1: No, that was a song by someone I can't remember's name because I don't know her. Um, But it was called Talk Me Out of It. And that was about being at a party. But I was like, this person is not well-known enough. I was just like, why is this music coming out in December? But Kinfolk's would, would stress me out if it were. Uh, A real situation that came out
2: during the COVID moment. Yeah. You really have to wonder. Okay. Our next category is the biggest void left by an artist who did not release music this year. And this was close. Surprisingly, I think our nominees are Rihanna, Lord, Casey Musgraves, Normani. These are four people that we really could have fucking used some albums from this year, please and thank you. But the winner was Rihanna with the close second losing by only three votes, Lord, which I think that I think I think a new Lord is coming certainly before a new Rihanna is coming.
0: Seems like- I saw back the Jack Antonoff memes, but I saw a funny meme of Jack what he was wearing last night, and it was a big Lord, and it was like, Mom says I like, can have five minutes with Jack Antonoff
1: now, Taylor.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm glad this was Rihanna. I remember when we were putting this together, I was like, Lord is like such, you know, a clear option, but I was like, I really actually don't need lord at this moment um and you know i'm glad that ultimately the majority rule was in my favor or else i might have had to go onto the instagram and vote myself (laughs) multiple times so i
0: honestly feel like lord is famously absent and when she returns i like don't know what i'll do i mean i'll I'll be happy she's she's come out with new albums but it seems like her persona now is that she's like famously gone famously yeah that's yeah she's she's absent
1: bye lord bye lord see you soon probably sooner than rihanna um okay so we have one more award to give out but this one is a special one do you guys know listeners at award shows when they give out like a vanguard award i feel like mtv does this a lot for um you know someone legendary and it's usually named after someone legendary you can't answer me but i think you know i'm talking about and here we decided we would give out the girl boss vanguard award and guess who it goes to it goes to ariana grande for solving the election in the white house in october of 2020 with positions and the positions music video. She won. She got it. She did it.
2: Girl she boss. Did it. And I think that if she was here to accept the award, she would thank Scooter Braun. <laughs> <laughs> it's only
0: natural. Yeah. That behind behind every great woman is Scooter Braun. Is Scooter Braun.
2: <laughs> that's the girl <laughs> boss way. That is. And I mean if that was our inaugural girl boss vanguard award i just cannot wait to see who will win next year it's honestly hard
0: ari like sets the bar super high for for it but i could see another scooter Braun fellow demi lovato
2: getting there oh my god demi definitely might accidentally win the girl boss vanguard award this year and if so i'll be really disappointed in her (laughs) she is she is on track to be very competitive for that
1: award i will say she is
0: So thank you guys so much for voting. It was so much fun. That was a hoot. Really, really, really fun. Um, And that's our show. Uh, But it's not the end of the conversation, and we can't wait to hear what you think. We want to connect with you on social media, and here's how. Follow us on Instagram, listen to the B-Sides, on Twitter at the B-Sides pod, join our Facebook group by searching the B-Sides or going to it at bit Dot ly slash b-sides f book group all one word and subscribe to our podcast right review us on itunes five stars please if you're going to do under that don't do it rethink take a walk question yourself and we will see you in two wednesdays and until the next time we cut to the feeling i'm becky i'm hannah and i'm mimi
2: bye bye